welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for checking out my interview with Cassie Johnson, which you're going to see in 10 seconds. First, I just wanted to remind everybody to ignore any YouTube scammers that are impersonating me. You're going to see a few of them in the comments of my video from yesterday with the iPad giveaway. If I'm never going to ask you to contact me on Telegram or WhatsApp, if you win, I will email you directly, okay? And hackers can't get your email address, so you'll know it's actually from me. But anyways, enjoy this video. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for joining me for a new video. Today, I'm joined by Cassie Johnson from YouTube. What's up, Cassie? Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for joining me today. So I reached out because I want to talk to you about Etsy. Um, Off camera, I was telling you that I've got big plans for basically like restarting and like really pushing hard on my end to start a new Etsy shop and scale it as quickly as possible, as far as possible. So I need I need uh, Etsy experts. I need your help. So um how about you kind of give everybody that's watching like an introdu- introduction to how long you've been on Etsy when you started and uh, even maybe tell them like what you talk about on your YouTube channel that specializes in Etsy. Absolutely. So excited to be on your channel. I've been watching your videos for two years. Uh, that's when my print on demand journey really started was in 2020. Like a lot of people, I lost my job and went to YouTube looking for ways to make money on your channel and some other ones doing print on demand. And I literally started within maybe five hours of watching the video. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm doing it today. I had my first sale within a day from my mother-in-law, but because she bought something from my store, a stranger bought one too. You know, it's like once you start getting something to sell, they show it to more people. And so that was really powerful to see like right away. Um, Then like a lot of people, my store got shut down, was shut down for like a whole month, but then I finally got it back and really got to cruising. Um, So like I said, I started in about May of 2020 and in my first eight months. So in 2020, I ended up selling about 134K. And then now two years later, I just hit $560,000 in revenue. I honestly didn't know you were that successful at Etsy. Like, but you know what I mean? I, I didn't know it was like on that level. So congratulations um, for the success. That's crazy. Yeah, thanks. I haven't actually done a whole video yet of like my 2021 sales because I sold, I think it was 346K in revenue last year. And so I haven't done a video on my channel yet. So cat's out of the bag now on yours. But uh, yeah, it's been a really, really interesting ride. Yeah, that's incredible. Also, just funny, like even hearing from your end that your shop was shut down for a month, like everybody seems to go through it. And I get messages all the time, like just yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, someone was blaming me for like my tutorial. And I was like, no, no, it's not the tutorial. I was like, go to the next video in the series called how to get your account back when it gets suspended. (laughs) You know, it's sad that we have to make those videos, but they get like tens of thousands of views, which is indicative of, uh, of Etsy, I guess. Are getting shut down. Yeah. I think 50% of people probably, because, you know, at this point, since I've been making so much money on Etsy, I think I've had 20 of my friends and family open shops uh, at this point, and almost all of them, their shop gets shut down within about a day. But if you just email Etsy, they give it right back. Obviously, watch Ryan's video on exactly how to do that. But uh, yeah, no, not a big deal, but one of the hurdles to expect in the beginning if you haven't started for sure. Great. Well, hey, thank you for the tips. And then um, I have some questions for you, but why don't you just kind of really quickly plug your YouTube channel, everybody watching, uh, make sure you check out Cassie's YouTube channel. Now that we know how successful she is on Etsy, I'm sure you're going to 
definitely get a, a nice bump in subscribers because you don't have nearly enough for the content you're putting out there. Yeah, I just got started on YouTube three months ago. So super brand new channel. I appreciate the plug here on yours, obviously. Um, in my channel, I really try to go in depth in the weeds and do step-by-step -step tutorials. So you'll find exact step-by-step -step tutorials on how to post tote bags from Printify to Etsy, how to find titles and tags that are going to get you found, how to use Pinterest for Etsy. So if you're wondering about any of those things and you watch videos where they just tell you the ideas or the tips, but don't tell you how, then I think you'd really like my channel because I do go step-by-step -step on all of it. Nice. I really like that uh, delivery. You know, that was always my goal too um, with my YouTube channel was to try to just kind of cut through the, the high level, you know, BS and get straight to the, you know, just do this, right? Look over my shoulder and uh, follow along. So that's great. Um, by the way, so that leads me to my first question. You said Printify. So is that your go-to production partner? Oh, yes, it is. Printify has been my go-to production partner. I did try Printful in the beginning, but in 2020, they were five or six weeks out for printing where Printify was only about a week. And so I really only used Printful for about two weeks before I switched to Printify. And I kind of used Printful as a backup for certain items, but I've had a really great experience with Printify. You know, I think I sold over 13,000 things with them last year. And my um, you know, defective rate was about 1% for things that needed to be like returned or exchanged because of issues. So just like with anything else, you got to expect some issues with some print providers here and there, but they've got great uh, customer support and you get a success manager once you've sold enough and they really help you a bunch and meet with you and set goals and share your numbers. And it's been a really good experience with them. That's really good to know. Like I used Printify back when I had Etsy. That was really where well, it was because I lost my Etsy shop in 2019 and I've been kind of getting back into it this year, um, taking it seriously again. But with Printify, I was using maybe like 5% of my listings on Etsy was really how I was like learning Printify. And obviously they've like, you know, made strides since then. So I've kind of had a gap from using them because they don't have the Amazon integration. That's where right. I focus most of my effort. But um, so what is your best selling product from Printify? If you don't mind sharing or like products, if you have uh, no, I don't mind sharing at all. I share all of the details of everything on my channel. So I'll happily share them here. So I was actually surprised to find out when I got my year end report from my success manager at Printify that my best selling item in 2021 was sweatshirts. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I barely sell any, but I'm like, you know, mainly on Amazon merch and I can't sell them there for some reason. So sweatshirts, are you specifically researching with the intent of selling your print-on-demand uh, designs on sweatshirts, or is it just kind of random? No, I just put all of my designs on t-shirts and sweatshirts. That's my default. Everything goes on both. And I think that's really paid off because a lot of people like sweatshirts more than I would have thought. I use the Gildan 18,000 sweatshirts. And I think a lot of that numbers is probably inflated from Christmas because in November of 2021, I sold $100,000 in revenue in just one month. It was wild. Wow. And it was all sweatshirts. You know, it was just Christmas. And so I think that's probably where a lot of that comes from. You know, usually I sell probably about 50 or 60% t-shirts and then about, you know, 30, 35% sweatshirts. And then the rest, I do mugs and tote bags. 
Wow. That's awesome. So um, definitely the fourth quarter, which by the way, just a quick plug for the fourth quarter, guys, any business you start, if you guys are watching and uh, you haven't gotten started yet, just remember it's a long-term business, 365 sales cycle. So, you know, this is when you, you, you make that big dollars by like grinding right now in, you know, summertime, right. But you'll be rewarded hopefully in the near term, but also at the uh, end of the year when sales really pick up. Um, yeah, I mean, really good plug for that because like I said, I started in May of 2020. So if you're just getting started today, you're literally mirroring me. And then in November, you know, I sold like maybe 40 things my first month, maybe a hundred things my second month. And I was grinding because I didn't have a job at the time. But then in November of my first year, I sold 70K. And so I made like 23 grand profit. November, 2020. And that was like my sixth or seven month doing it. So it feels really slow in the beginning, but if you put in that effort, Q4 can change everything. That's, that's amazing. And like, you got me feeling even more inspired now to like really pick up with, uh, with how I've got, I've got a plan, you know, obviously I wouldn't like start Etsy all over again, if I didn't have like a pretty interesting plan that I'm like really excited to see if it's going to work. I mentioned, I just got a new tax ID today too. So I get to really like dive in, um, basically today after I post this video, um, but I want to know, actually, the first thing that popped into my mind when you were talking about sweatshirts was, and you don't have to give me exact figures, but like, what are your margins looking like uh, as far as like profit per sale, maybe on average, obviously a little bit um, diluted by like ad spend. So I guess just generally speaking without ads. Well, most of the time I don't run ads. I really focus a lot on organic traffic. During the holidays, I ran a bunch of ads on 10 or 15 of my best-selling stuff. So most of it is organic. You know, I spend maybe a couple thousand dollars a year advertising, so not a big percentage. Um, but the profit margins for t-shirts uh, after Etsy fees, which is about 10% of your sale, I aim for eight to $12 an item. I think my average for all of my items normally ends up being close to eight or $9 for total sales, but sweatshirts, you can really get them closer to 12 or $13 per sweatshirt because the Gildan 18,000, if you use the Printify premium, which is 30 bucks a month to get discounts on all the items, the sweatshirts um, you can get for around 20 bucks, including shipping and sell them for 35. So, you know, you're really looking at some solid profit margins. And even these days, you'll see the super popular designs where someone's wearing like an oversized sweatshirt with like a big retro font on the back. And those ones, if a design's just on the back, cost the same amount, but sells for like $45 because it's like the trendy thing. So you can really get your profit margins up to like 18, 20 bucks sometimes on sweatshirts if you're in the right place in the right niche. Wow. That's a great tip. And I'm not really following the fashion trends. So that's something I've never heard before, but I will definitely take you at your word. Yeah. Um, back designs are huge this year. Big tip. <laughs> there you go. And then, I mean, I'm always thinking of thumbnails. I was telling you off camera, like thumbnails to me are, are really important. It's another way that I think like I can stand out from a lot of my competition. So when you're doing back design only uh, sweatshirts or really any product, um, do you have any tips for how to frame that? Absolutely. So buy a really great mock-up. So I buy all my mock-ups on Etsy. So, you know, you just go to Etsy.com and type in, you know, whatever shirt you want to do. I'd recommend either the Bella 3001 or the Gildan 5000. Those are both really good ones that if you just type an oversized shirt mock-up, you can find some really, really cute girl wearing a giant shirt 
for sale for three, four, five bucks. Buy two or three and just put your PNG on the back of the shirt and frame it in the thumbnail and you're good to go. So having that really nice picture instead of like printful or printifies mock-up is going to be absolutely key because you're right. If someone's scrolling through the search results, they're just going to pass you if yours doesn't look as nice as the people next to you. I'm glad we're in agreement there. Yeah. I really think you can like make it a, a value proposition that's like kind of like obvious, but also subliminal, you know, by making a good thumbnail. And um, I like that. So also I wanted to ask you, cause I was checking out your channel. Like it's, it's great when YouTube puts like a video from somebody I haven't seen your channel before. And it's like a great thumbnail and I'm like interested. I click it, watch it, I reach out. Next thing you know, we get a video interview. Um, so thank you, YouTube algorithm. But I wanted to know uh, two things, I guess. And the first one is, should I be doing like a general Etsy shop or should I be really niching down? And I know I'm not the only person that wonders this. People ask me this all the time. I don't have a great answer. So I'd love to hear your take. Absolutely. That's a great question. I think a lot of people really think about doing niche stores because a lot of the YouTube videos out there about starting a t-shirt brand or clothing brand really tells you to pick one niche and stick to it. But I think that advice is really better meant for like a Shopify store when you have your own website. Whereas Etsy, the biggest benefit to being on Etsy is that they're the ones bringing the customers. They spend millions of dollars on advertising to get people to come to Etsy and use it like Google. It's a search engine. So people already usually have some kind of idea of what they're looking for. They come to Etsy and they type in the search bar what they're looking for. And if you pop up in those search results, they go through all of the different shirts available from all the different sellers. And then if they click yours and like it, most of the time they'll buy it right then and there without ever looking at your individual shop. So what I really focus on is being in all the niches where I know people are searching in that search bar and coming up in those results. So I try to get really specific and niche down within my designs, but not with my store. So I really, really preach having a general store because being in hundreds and hundreds of different niches for my Etsy store is really what has allowed me to build a consistent income throughout the entire year. Because not every niche sells all year round. You know, so if you have a general store, you can sell in Thanksgiving, Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, Black History Month. You can sell in Cinco de Mayo, Fourth of July, teacher shirts, bachelorette shirts, and be in all these really high value places. And you're not getting really high sales these months and absolutely nothing the others when they're not popular. And so that's why I think the general store method to start out with on Etsy is definitely the way to go. All right. I like that. That's great advice. And uh, it made me immediately want to ask you, how are you utilizing your Etsy sections or maybe not how you're doing it? Like you don't have to be too specific about your shop in case people go looking for it, but like, how, what would you recommend we do with our Etsy sections? Absolutely. So you get 20 sections, which really isn't that much considering you're probably, if you followed my advice, going to get into hundreds of different niches. And so I think when you first start, you're going to start with 20 random sections of different things that you kind of get into right off the bat. Maybe you'll have one for bachelorette parties or weddings. Maybe you'll have one for holidays and so on. But then as you get better and make more designs, you'll find what's selling best for you. So maybe you find that your best-selling niche is something really, really niche and small and random. So maybe you'll create a folder just for that. And then eventually you'll probably have a folder that's just something more general, like um, trendy shirts. 
and you'll just kind of stuff anything that doesn't fit into one of your other 19 categories in there. Or maybe you'll have one just for sweatshirts. And so you'll kind of make uh, some specific ones for what sells best for you and put those at top. And then you'll make some more generic ones and then random things will just fall within them. Because again, you're not optimizing your store for someone coming to shop at Ryan's Etsy shop and they're only shopping with you. 99% of the time, they're just shopping in the search results with everyone else. So I would put pretty much zero thought into that you know, just set it up really quick and move on to more important things. Got you. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've always like wondered because I've tried it so many different ways in the past. And uh, would you, would you maybe consider, like you said, you did really well in November with the sweatshirts. Like, would you maybe, since you, like you said, 20 sections, um, like maybe keep one that's flexible and like maybe rename the 20th Christmas sweatshirts during Christmas, pop all of them in there and like put that at the top of your sections. Cause you know, yeah. you're going to be making a lot of sales there. Yeah, you could definitely do that. I think it just depends. You know, again, I'd say that's probably not something that I'd really put a lot of thought or time into, like continuously changing it. Um, You know, there is a bulk edit feature on Etsy. So it would be pretty simple to just go select which ones you wanted and change the section all at once. Uh, But, you know, again, I'd spend your time making new designs instead. You know, I don't think the sections are a super important part. Yeah, if we could like hyperlink to them, maybe that would be great. But uh, to my knowledge, I don't think we can. So like in your description, you can go ahead and add like a URL to something else. So I know a lot of people will be like, follow this link to see more designs from my shop. Or they'll be like, follow this link to see more Christmas sweaters. And you can add that URL just to whatever page you want right into your description. And I know some people have said that it seemed to help, but obviously it's hard to know. Yeah. As a web developer, I'm always thinking like it must be clickable to like really get people to take action. And I don't think they would, they don't do that, right? They don't let us. Yeah, it's clickable. clickable. It is? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, then that's good to know. All right. That, that changes a lot of things. And that actually, let's segue into... Uh, talking about SEO and uh, description specifically. And Zoom just said we have nine minutes. So I think that's enough time and then we can probably wrap up. But um, this has been super valuable, by the way. So thank you. Uh, Do you want to just kind of really quickly summarize the search engine optimization video that I had watched on your channel talking about Etsy's making changes and the importance of your description? Yeah, absolutely. So up until now, your description on Etsy did not get considered for the SEO or the search engine optimization on your your, uh, items ranking. And so they did just do an update and say they are going to be considering the description now for Etsy's SEO, which is huge because on Etsy, you only get 140 characters in the title. You only get 13 tags. And so that's really all you're able to use to get your SEO out there and get found. So now the top of your description, they recommend, you know, the first, I think it's 40 or 50 characters are really most important because that's what's going to show on Google. And you can actually put in extra keywords in the top of your title. So some of what I read through what Etsy is looking for, they don't want you to just keyword stuff. And so my best recommendation is to, instead of just copying your title and putting it there, like a lot of people do, is to actually come up with some related keywords that you want to come up for as well. And it'd be like getting, you know, five or six or 10 more extra keyword tags um, than you would have prior to. 
So if you can think of, is this something that someone would wear camping, then maybe you'd type out a you know sw- a description and say, this would be a perfect sweatshirt to wear on your next camping trip to so-and-so. And you can get really specific with your SEO and try and come up in more search results that way. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I was actually running some tests before we started recording because uh, I was, it piqued my curiosity and I noticed that like Etsy uh, or not, I guess not Etsy. So Etsy is, um, you know, from my web developer days, like they have the meta tag that gets fed into Google that they'll typically just take and use as your description in uh, Google search. Mm. And I noticed that they, at least right now from Etsy to Google. So I know you're talking about like Etsy indexing the, the Etsy description. Um, but beyond that too, we know that Google can send you Etsy customers. And I noticed that uh, it looked like Etsy was using about 340 characters of the description. And when I had looked at some of my listings that just used like the generic printful description, it has like bullet points and stuff like that. And so it looks kind of weird um, when it's in the actual like meta description that Google would then pull in theoretically. I don't know if Google would parse the bullets out, but it's just worth considering like uh, maybe the top of your description, like you said, like write a couple, at least one cohesive sentence that would look good in Google search where you typically will see like a hundred and I think 60 characters, if I remember correctly, which is about one sentence. And um I was also just thinking like emojis. So I did some research there because I I like to plug emojis into my Etsy description. And I think Google just strips those out. So it's not going to break anything from what I read. Um, But I've never seen an emoji. I don't think in like the actual description part of a a Google search. So I think they just strip them out automatically. Yeah, they probably do. So yeah, that's just the most important part is putting the important SEO at the very top of your description is really just the biggest thing to make sure that you focus on. And yeah, now it's just a new benefit that you can get in front of more people with. All right. Well, it's been a, so much great information has been shared in this video. So uh, Cassie Johnson on YouTube, guys, top link in the description, check out her channel, show her some love. Uh, Cassie, thank you for being here. Anything else you want to share before we leave? No, thank you so much for having me. This was really, really great. I appreciate it and hope that you all found a bunch of value in this video and go start Etsy shops today. Mm -hmm.